Faith, Hope and Love, episode 282, the fourth Sunday of Lent, year B. We are now at the three-quarter mark of Lent. Our Lenten journey doesn't have very long to go now before Holy Week is upon us. So during this week, it's a great time to take stock and see how we've been going in this area of prayer, penance and acts of kindness and works of loving and practical charity. The Gospel this weekend gives us a very helpful test to assist us in our taking stock of ourselves. It could be described as the daylight test. How do my actions and my behaviours and priorities stand up to the bright light of day, to the searching light of clarity? To see how closely we're really adhering to the values of Jesus, the values of the Gospel, let's ask ourselves, how would it really appear if my secret words, actions and behaviours were revealed in plain sight? In other words, would we be peaceful if our words, actions and priorities ended up on the front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin this weekend, in the clear glare of the bright light of day? Would I be at peace with what I've done? As I said last week, take a look at any differences between how we drive when people recognise us and how we might drive if we believe we're anonymous or in the dark, unrecognised, or when no one seems to be looking. How do we act when no one can see? Except, of course, God can see everything. Are we consistent in private and in public? I was visiting the hospital the other day and I parked my car and it was a beautiful summer's day and I walked up to the hospital humming a little tune to myself. I noticed another pedestrian just in front of me walking quietly and calmly back to his car and getting into it perfectly sedately. But then I was surprised because as soon as he got into the car, it's like he turned into something else. He reversed really quickly out of the small car park, revved the car loudly and sped out of a 40 kilometer an hour car park area at a really fast rate, as if merely getting into that car turned him into a completely different and a lot crazier person. I couldn't believe the difference, the transformation. Is it possible that most of those revving, impatient, impulsive, aggressive, angry drivers we see on the road get out of their cars and turn back from crazy Mr. Hyde into mild-mannered and friendly Dr. Jekyll? I think sometimes the answer is yes, and it's quite shocking. Maybe we've even done it ourselves at times. The thing about this is, even if being a crazy and impulsive driver is not who we are 99% of the time, it's still, according to the scriptures today, a really important test of how much the gospel has seeped right down into the very smallest and most secret parts of our whole personhood. Those acts of craziness when we're not identified or fairly anonymous say more about the true state of our inner heart and disposition than we might care to admit. But not to worry, Lent is a time for seeing these faults and admitting and submitting these contradictions to our merciful and loving God for God's healing and integration. It's the same in those situations where we all gather for a beautiful Mass And we sing and we pray and we greet each other with peace as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we go back out to our cars and the next minute we hear beeping and yelling and abuse. Whoops, what happened there? Peace be with you indeed. These are just some of the contradictions we must lay before the Lord and ask God to pour his healing love upon them. 
to make us more and more consistent and loving, patient and compassionate inside as well as out, in public and in private. A holy person is someone who is whole, who is consistent inside and out. This is what our Lord is calling us towards, and we need his mercy and love and patient grace to attain it slowly but surely. Our wonderful Our Lady, that wonderful model for us, was utterly consistent and compassionate in every way. What was inside her heart was also shown on the outside. God invites us to be always and everywhere striving to be people of the light, whose behaviour and choices are wrought in the light and not in the shadow of darkness, concealment or double standards. Not to hide the double standards, but to admit them to ourselves and to allow God to change and transform them into consistency, into one standard. All we have to do is respond in faith, in humility and trust to Jesus' invitation. How we respond to Christ is decisive. This is Faith, Hope and Love. from above My tongue shall ring out songs of your great love Far and wide and through the stormy weather All glory is yours now and forever Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful, all who were in mourning. Exult and be satisfied at her consoling breast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello everyone, we're coming together as God's family, as brothers and sisters in Christ on this fourth Sunday of Lent. With confidence, let us ask the Father's forgiveness, for we know he is full of gentleness and compassion. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. 
Amen. Let us pray for devotion and faith. O God, who through your word reconcile the human race to yourself in a wonderful way, grant, we pray, that with prompt devotion and eager faith, the Christian people may hasten toward the solemn celebrations to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Chronicles. All the leading priests and the people were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations, and they polluted the house of the Lord that he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, persistently sent his messengers to them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord against his people became so great that there was no remedy. Therefore the Lord brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious vessels. The king took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword and they became servants to him and to his sons until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia to fulfil the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had made up for its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfil seventy years. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in fulfilment of the word of the Lord, spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia, so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom and also declared in a written edict. Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him. 
Let him go up. The word of the Lord. Let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and wept, remembering Zion. On the poplars that grew there, we hung up our harps. For it was there that they asked us, our captors for songs, our oppressors for joy. Sing to us, they said, one of Zion's songs. Or how could we sing the song of the Lord on alien soil? If I forget you, Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Or let my tongue cleave to my mouth, if I remember you not. If I prize not Jerusalem above all my joys. Let my tongue be silenced, if I ever forget you. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come God might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. This is not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The Word of the Lord Glory and praise to you Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much, he gave his only Son, that all who believe in him might have eternal life. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him will not be condemned, but the one who does not believe is condemned already for not having believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, And people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord T.S. Eliot, in the third of his four quartets, writes, We had the experience, but we missed the meaning. He was referring to the struggle we have to grasp the significance of what happens in life, particularly its important moments. He admits that even for the poet, whose task is to be a wordsmith and elicit such meaning, Words strain, crack, and sometimes break asunder under the burden, he writes. Profound experiences leave us speechless, or reduced to banalities, or even frustrated and angry by our ineffective attempts to put such happenings into language. Now, by the time John was writing his gospel, he was well aware of the difficulties which lay in the paths of early Christians in the following of Christ. The new communities faced persecution, and misunderstanding from outside, and they also faced internal conflict as they came up with different interpretations of the story of Jesus and his message. So John's response was to try to focus the eye of the believer on the person of Jesus as the unique cause of salvation. He tries to raise Jesus up so that we can see him clearly. The initial image of the bronze serpent in today's reading comes from the book of Exodus and from a story of healing Moses erects a bronze serpent and all who have been bitten by the plague of serpents must look on it and be healed. Now John relates this image to Jesus on the cross. Once again, the seeming source of destruction becomes the fount of healing and life. The difference is that we are asked to look on Jesus with the eyes of faith. John is well aware that his readers are no longer in the situation of the first disciples who saw Jesus in the flesh. In John's vision of things, when we look at Jesus on the cross with the eyes of faith, we're not just healed, we receive the gift of eternal life. We enter into a different way of being. For Jesus brings us the life that is his with the Father. If we refuse to believe, if we refuse to receive this gift, then we place ourselves outside the beam of his light, and our actions reflect this. The sun still shines but we've placed ourselves in the darkness and behave accordingly. It's as though, because of the narrowness of our vision, we resist 
and even reject both the experience and the meaning. So John wants us to give up ourselves to the moment of vision and allow ourselves to see clearly, to have both the moment and the meaning. Now most of us have areas of concern that have not been brought fully into the vision of new life described by John. We have our doubts, our downtimes, broken relationships, misunderstandings, prejudices and blind spots, sins. We sometimes feel that God does not want to know us because of such blocks on our part. God's love, however, is not conditional. His love is always there. The question is how we bring our sins into the sphere of his influence so that they may be healed, resolved and transformed. Our sacramental life offers us the ever-flowing fount of Christ's love. We might even say that the sacraments make God's love too liberally available to us. We think it cannot be that easy, and so we resist change, and we fail to allow the contact to be made between our brokenness and the healing brokenness of Christ on the cross. It's the risk of faith that frees us to try out the alternative approach. Once we raise our eyes to Christ on the cross, it's his magnetism that persuades us to hand over all that we are and that we hang on to our evil and despair. It's the risk of faith that we allow ourselves to be seduced by his love. Now emerging from the darkness into light does take some adjustment and brings with it a certain amount of risk and fear. Perhaps we would come into the light more readily if we believe the light what we're entering into is not the light of condemnation or judgment. What we now know is that the purpose of Christ's light is to enlighten, not blindness. God wants us to see in the light clearly and honestly. Since we are God's work of art, created in Christ to live the good life, as from the beginning he has meant us to live. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us offer our prayers to God who guides us. For the Church, that its light may be a credible witness to the nations. Lord, hear us. For all the people of the world, that they will live in the light which only God can give. Lord, hear us. For those who are ill, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. 
Lord, hear us. For the faithful departed, that Christ will shine on them and give them eternal life, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of light, guide us and grant our prayers, which we present through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. We place before you with joy these offerings, which bring eternal remedy, O Lord, praying that we may both faithfully revere them and present them to you as is fitting for the salvation of all the world. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. By the mystery of the Incarnation, he has led the human race that walked in darkness into the radiance of the faith and has brought those born in slavery to ancient sin through the waters of regeneration to make them your adopted children. Therefore all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we with all the hosts of angels cry out and without end acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace.
May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. Jerusalem is built as a city bonded as one together. It is there that the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all those who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. O God, who enlighten everyone who comes into this world, illuminate our hearts, we pray, with the splendour of your grace, that we may always ponder what is worthy and pleasing to your majesty and love you in all sincerity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone for taking time to listen to God's word and to praise God for his goodness and wonderful care. I hope you have a wonderful week. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. Look upon those who call to you, O Lord, and sustain the weak. Give life by your unfailing light to those who walk in the shadow of death and bring those rescued by your mercy from every evil to reach the highest good. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Reverend Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants from the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009 by the NCC USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Australia. Lenten Hymn, Have Mercy, inspired by Psalm 50. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged with additional lyrics and sung by Stephen Kelk, 2020. Production by K.E.R. May God bless and keep you.